I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan's interview series, Direct Talk. Today, we have another astronaut for you. A determined, ceiling-smashing, record-breaking, positive-thinking astronaut, Christina Koch. Christina invites us all to follow the heat, to reach beyond what we think we're capable of, to do what scares us. She believes that if we pursue whatever lights us up and we put in hard work and enthusiasm, we will find where we can be of greatest service to the world. And in Christina's eyes, it's our ability to pivot and adapt that is our greatest strength, to reframe the unexpected. Christina is proud of the first she has achieved as a woman and explains why celebrating gender-based milestones matters so much to society. Listening to her, I thought of a note I have pinned up in my kitchen. It reads, It's not what you do, it's how you do it. And it reminds me every day that the energy I put in, however mundane the task, is the energy I will get back from the universe. Whether we're doing the washing up or preparing to be the first woman to walk on the moon, it's the attitude and perspective we bring to the task that matters. To put it another way, we spend so much energy reflecting on the past and planning for the future when really our lives are one long continuum of right now. The present moment is all we have, so it pays to treat it with the reverence, respect and enthusiasm it deserves. I wonder what Christina will make you think about. Here's narrator Stuart Varnum Atkin. I'll meet you on the other side. In February 2020, humanity achieved a new record. Your record holder, she is out, thumbs up, and a huge smile. Christina Koch returned to Earth after the longest time ever spent in space by a woman, 328 days. In a traditionally male-dominated field, she is an outstanding astronaut. Christina is currently training as a member of the Artemis team, whose future missions include exploration of Mars. She could also become the first woman to land on the moon. Christina kindly took time out of her busy training schedule to talk to us. Anyone who's willing to work hard and fight to achieve your dreams and to be your best has equal opportunity to achieve those dreams. What dreams does she want to achieve? And what are her perspectives as a female astronaut? Let's find out. What we are seeing here is a video she posted on her social media last year, which went viral and attracted more than 5 million views. This scene was captured when she first came home after her space mission. That was a surprise to me. I did not know what was happening at the time. My husband borrowed a camera from a friend and had it set up to start recording when we walked in. And I was, I 
I thought it was amazing. Um, I had really been looking forward to seeing my dog, Sadie. She's wonderful. Why was the dog so excited? It's because Christina had been away for nearly a year working on the International Space Station, which turned out to be a new record for the longest stay in space by a woman. What does she think of her accomplishment? I hope that it's an opportunity that um, inspires people because we all look to milestones as kind of a goal. When you have a milestone like that, it's something that we communicate and everyone then knows, oh, wow, this is this is where we're at as a species, as humanity. We're sending people into space for almost a year now. And, you know, the fact that that's a record shows that it's something that we're tracking that we think is important together. And honestly, my honor to hold the record. Uh, I really look forward to the day that the next person exceeds that record, because that really means we're just continuing to push those boundaries. And that's the direction we need to go in. During her long mission in space, she was engaged in various experiments, such as growing crops, studying kidney health, and researching quantum characteristics by producing clouds of ultra-cold atoms. These studies can help us figure out if we'll one day be able to live in space. The astronauts' daily tasks were scheduled in five-minute increments. She could get through her hard schedule with the support of her crewmates. We love spending time together, our crewmates. We do have weekends in space, and we always enjoy our town time. Um, a lot of what we do are group meals, cook together, share a meal together. We often will watch movies together. There's really a lot of ways that we bonded as a crew and enjoyed our time. For AV1, my half is dry. With this team, she reached another milestone. She took part in the first ever all-female spacewalk. I was honored to do the spacewalk with Jessica Meir and realizing unexpectedly really that it had not been done before, that two women had not been on a spacewalk before, was just an overwhelming privilege and honor. And first came out of the airlock hatch together and we were both outside. At that point, we knew it had been done and we caught each other's eye and we smiled. And I think both of us knew at that moment that that was just our our momentary recognition of what it really meant to us before we got, got on with our duties and kept focused on the mission at hand. To truly appreciate why the longest space mission by a female astronaut and an all-female spacewalk are such milestones, we have to look back at history. Old battery charge discharge unit. In the early days, to become a NASA astronaut, you had to be a military test pilot with an engineering background. However, women were not eligible to be military test pilots, so it was impossible for them to become astronauts. Even though that restriction was later lifted, it wasn't until 1983 that NASA sent their first female astronaut into space. It was 22 years after the first male astronaut had blasted off. Of the total of well over 500 astronauts and cosmonauts, only 65 women have been to space. Historically, it was a male-dominated world. But today the situation is different. The astronaut class Christina joined in 2013 had an equal representation of men and women for the first time in NASA history. Jessica Meir, 
who did the first all-female spacewalk with Christina, was also in the class. From the start of our time with NASA, it was clear that it was a new era, an era where we were going to be taking the contributions and innovations and ideas of everyone who had that, you know, dare to dream, anyone who wanted to bring something to the table through their passions. And so we were just treated as people that were ready to give back to the program from day one. And I think one of the the nice things about how NASA operates now is we're really seeing the value and learning how um, to make sure that there are no cultural boundaries to extending out and to making sure the reach gives is, is extended to anyone who has the talent, the passion, the drive, the ideas, um, because you know we've shown that the more diverse a team is, uh, the wider the net that you cast for contributions to that team, the more successful the team is. Her achievements have always been praised for their gender association. How does she feel about that? I think it's a wonderful association. To me, it tells the true and full story of what that achievement is. It shows that we are committed to a time when anyone who's willing to work hard and fight to achieve your dreams and to be your best has equal opportunity to achieve those dreams. So the fact that it's talked about in terms of the first female um, to do something, to me, it makes it less about me, and that's why I like it even more, and I'm definitely happy to have that association. Christina wanted to be an astronaut from an early age. After earning degrees in electrical engineering and physics at North Carolina State University, she started her career as an electrical engineer at NASA. She also conducted scientific field work in Antarctica and Greenland, before becoming a NASA astronaut candidate. In her free time, she enjoys rock climbing, surfing, and other sports. She has always loved things that make her feel small in the universe. Having spent a lot of time in extreme natural environments helped her prepare for conditions in space. I really think something that I actually learned in the past living at the South Pole is that it's all about what you focus on. So I would focus on what are the things that I have right now that I might never have again and that I will miss one day. And I focus on that and never think about the things I don't have because that really doesn't help. But I would think to myself, wow, I'll never have this view of the earth ever again. And one day I'm going to really wish I had this. So I'm just going to enjoy every single day I'm up here. In fact, her original mission was only supposed to be for six months, but it was extended due to schedule reassignments. What was her reaction when she learned that she had to remain in that challenging environment for another six months? We always talk about one of the best qualities of an astronaut is adaptability. The ability to not necessarily do only what you're prepared to do well, but to be able to adjust and change and pivot to something new and unexpected. So when I was told that I was gonna have a year-long mission, I drew from my own experiences. I've actually spent a year at the South Pole as well. And so having done something of that same duration and that same sort of scale really helped me to just adapt, change my focus. And my new uh, saying was, it's not a marathon, it's an ultra marathon. So that's, that really helped me to get through it. Down on Earth, we are all currently running our own ultra marathon amidst the COVID pandemic. 
We ask Christina how she deals with isolation, loneliness and fear. I like to think of it as exploring this world of, you know, the pandemic and staying at home as almost just like just that, a new world to explore. It's a new way of existing that if we look at it as an opportunity instead of something that's being taken away from us, it helps shift the framework for us in terms of how we look at it. So even though there are some things that are lost, there are also are opportunities. Maybe those opportunities are new hobbies. Maybe we take more time to actually interact and talk because we can't necessarily have physical togetherness. You might find that you're actually able to grow even closer to your loved ones in different ways. And there's just so many different ways that that we individually, depending on our, our personal situation, can make sure that we do what's right for us. Listen to what our, you know, our mental health, our body health is telling us and really make sound decisions to, to kind of optimize for what makes us feel good and what is truly rewarding in our lives and really making that the focus. Christina has been selected as a member of NASA's new program called the Artemis and she is now undergoing training. What is the program about? And what is it aiming to accomplish? The Artemis mission is basically to return humanity to the moon, to continue learning what we began to learn when we went there the first time, to have a sustained presence on the moon, so to really make sure that we're not just gonna go, but we're gonna go in a way that allows us to be there for a long time. And then finally, to build on the technologies of that mission, take everything we learn and turn our sights to Mars and doing a truly deep space mission to another planet where there's even more to learn. Going to Mars is not only significant to humanity, but also to Christina and her dreams. To me, some of the biggest questions to answer, philosophical questions like, are we alone in the universe? And those are things that we can answer if we go to Mars. And to me, this is the first step on that journey. In the Artemis program, NASA is planning to send not only the next man to walk on the lunar surface, but also the first woman. And Christina could very well be that woman to land on the moon. How does she feel about that? We truly see being an astronaut and exploring as our personal mission and what we were, we came here to contribute to. So in any capacity, contributing to that mission is, is why we're here and we're ready for it. Finally, we asked Christina to give some advice to the next generation of aspiring astronauts. I think the biggest advice I can offer is to follow the things that you're passionate about. When we really do what we love, we excel at it and we give the most back into the world. And it's really a natural fit when we are pursuing the things that we find the most interesting, that we're drawn to. Another thing that I would say is do what scares you. And I don't mean go take risks or do anything you shouldn't be. But what I mean is do the things that intrigue you, but that you might be nervous about because you think they're just outside of your reach. Those things tend to be the things that once we do achieve them, they bring not only the most personal fulfillment and rewarding, uh, you know, rewarding feelings, but they also are how we contribute maximally to the world around us. And I think the last piece of advice for people going for something big, and especially if you're aspiring to be an astronaut, 
is to also support the people around you. Oftentimes, if we focus only on our own dreams, our own um, desires and life path, we, we neglect to raise up the level of everyone around us and to learn what we can learn from that process. And oftentimes, not only does that help us be introspective and learn about our own hopes, dreams, methodology, you know, goal-oriented um, behaviors, but it definitely means that as a whole, we're rising to a, a better level and giving the most back to the world. And I'll write it down for you. We asked Christina to tell us her motto. Then my motto would be, do what scares you. And that's my way of saying to reach beyond what you think you're capable of and prove to yourself that you are capable of anything that you put your mind to. Christina's personal philosophy is inspirational in many ways and encourages us all to squeeze the most out of our lives. For me, her advice to focus on what we have rather than what we don't feels particularly powerful. What are the things I have right now that I will miss one day? It's a question guaranteed to train your brain to be grateful. Now, I know that gratitude is the key to feeling happy, and yet it always seems so hard to find the time to write a daily gratitude journal, an exercise proven, by the way, to significantly increase happiness within a matter of weeks. But perhaps writing one sentence a day in response to Christina's question is enough. What are the things I have right now that I will miss one day? I'm going to try it. Perhaps you will too. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.